Hey folks, I'm here today to tell you about Visible. Something unfortunate about wireless services, what you see isn't always what you get. But with Visible, what you see is what you get. No perception check required. Switch to Visible, the wireless company that makes wireless visible. Get a one-line plan with unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon for just $25 a month, taxes and fees included. If you're looking for a carrier that is upfront with no hidden fees, then go to Visible.com to make the switch. You don't need more than one line of wireless to save, and you're going to be getting unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon. Visible is the wireless carrier that's constantly operating from a zone of truth. In their quest for total transparency, Visible wants you to know the monthly rate on the Visible plan. For data management practices and additional terms, visit Visible.com. Save on wireless without the hassle. Switch to Visible today and save at Visible.com. Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Buntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Buntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. Hey everybody, welcome to the Dungeon Cast. I'm Brian. And I'm Will. This is the podcast where we talk about everything Dungeons and Dragons, from fabled forests to fanciful folk heroes, and today we're talking about dungeon building. Prepare yourselves. I cast Fireball. Okay, Brian. So when it comes to building a dungeon, actually, before we talk about building a dungeon, let's talk about what a dungeon is. Okay. Since dungeons are so important in the game of Dungeons and Dragons. Yeah. A dungeon could be almost anything. It could be anything from a ruin to a temple, a labyrinth or maze. It can be a wizard's tower. It could be underground catacombs. It could be a, to- a tomb. It could be... Um, a cavern system, like basically anything with walls and a ceiling that can be explored, like can be a dungeon. So, well, it doesn't even need a ceiling, right? Because you can a dungeon could be based in a jungle. The word dungeon seems kind of misleading here. Um, yeah, definitely, it's a little misleading because uh, it's it's such a, a wide variety of things that it can be. And as for a dungeon being outdoors, it usually isn't. That's like really rare. Um, you can do because like how do you how do you justify? being outdoors as in a dungeon setting like are there there's not exactly rooms in a forest or a jungle well you put us in a situation I did, like that but this I, is like a dungeon i, I really like <laughs> gamed the system to make it a dungeon like i made it all an illusion i like i i justified it all with magic the trees formed walls and ceilings around you and you had nowhere to go but where the trees let you go that's kind of what it's about though right you you're yeah. You were yeah. putting your your characters kind of in like um. I wanted a forest flavored dungeon, very yeah. reminiscent to Legend of Zelda. Yeah, you've got like thick walls or like ancient ruins, like mm-hmm. where vines have grown over stuff. It's very dungeon esque. Um, where did mm-hmm. why did we uh, as uh, as a, why does the game start calling it a dungeon? I'm sure it's because it <clears throat> typically like 
a more classic campaign. I'm thinking of you're you you go into a castle and then below the castle is the dungeon with all right. the crazy shit in it. Well, I mean, in the in the earliest uh, renditions of the game, the the game of D and D was very different back then. Um, a lot of the games that were being played were uh, style a style of gaming called dungeon crawling. Okay, where you would literally build characters for the purpose of delving into these expansive dungeons and the entire campaign was exploring these dungeons oh that's cool which is cool it's cool but also like it's it's way not anything i would want to run as a dm for me i want to run uh characters in a world and a story and npcs like, there yeah, are NPCs. very few npcs in a dungeon yes. like well, you sometimes but sometimes there are and we're going to talk about that we're going to talk about populating a dungeon okay that's a cool. dungeon has a population of sorts it and does. What yeah. kind of population it has is up to you. <laughs> Some kind of like backwards <laughs> fucked up ecosystem. Yeah, and where... you got you got to kind of think about it because like the things that are in the dungeon technically live there. What um what's a good example of like a dungeon in uh, pop culture? I'm thinking about um, Return was... of the Jedi right now. Is Jabba the Hutt's palace a dungeon for Luke? Yeah, it could. Yeah, totally be. You know, it's a, it's a dungeon that uh isn't isn't necessarily like dungeons and dragons where it's like you go room to room and looting and exploring but like there were chambers and he had to sneak he around did progress yeah and he got yeah there so was a gatekeeper there was a gatekeeper yeah like yeah, yeah i would say that's definitely a dungeon that's pretty cool that, now i want to create a map that is Jabba's <laughs> palace that'd be super fucking yeah, the cool ranker in the bottom yeah absolutely yeah. inspired by There's my hat i got a new hat for christmas oh yeah i saw that it's nice i like it <laughs> i got star wars on the brain i just saw rogue <laughs> one Oh, dude, really don't tell good. me anything about it. Okay. I haven't seen it yet. Was it good? It was really good. Hell yeah. That's what I hear. I've got um, some gripes, but don't. It, everyone everyone says exactly what you're saying. It was good. I have some stuff to say about it. So but it was minor, good. but like. Yeah? Uh, uh, I have to check it out. Mo- oh. Movies are very guilty of like railroading the end and adding that extra flair, the drama of like hmm. the confrontation with like the bad guy and stuff like hmm. that. I just find that to be kind of unnecessary. You, you everyone kind, does you it. You did kind of say that about uh, episode seven where you felt like the ending was drawn out yeah like they, they kind of i like the ending of um of episode seven in the way i'm talking about a little better than than oh. rogue one oh, okay. just because i like the um i thought it's kind of ridiculous that they're having the heat the the bad guys having such problems with these noobs mm-hmm. but you know it was that was it was kind of cool that there's a little flavor you know they get taken down which is what should happen yeah that's true but that's true. yeah let's let's get back to yeah that. this is a star wars <laughs> cast maybe we could do that in the future yeah that'd be fun get josh freeland on here but star um, wars does have a good dungeon that i thought of off the top yeah of the... yeah absolutely i never even like approached jabba's palace from like a D standpoint yeah that, that's a dungeon for me when i think of dungeons um I, I think back to my childhood playing the original Legend of Zelda and Link's Adventure, Hell Legend of yeah. Zelda 2. Um, those games are right with dungeons. You blow up a wall and you walk down a stairway mm-hmm. and you are you in go, a dungeon. You go room to room. Yeah. You kill enemies. You loot the rooms. There's a boss at the end. Like It's pretty cool. just you know clear-cut dungeon. And, uh, and of course, the later games, Ocarina of Time and all those, all the way up yeah. till now, the dungeons have gotten more complex. So, yeah, um, Legend of Zelda is a place I get a lot of influence from when it comes to dungeon building, because I've probably explored more Legend of Zelda dungeons than anything outside of D&D itself cool. when it comes to dungeon exploring and, and inspiration and ideas. Um, and, of course, D&D has been heavily insp- inspirational on the video game industry since its beginning, um, and that's just a fact I think most of the stuff I learned about D&D, 
like before I actually started playing it was from playing video yeah, games. Yeah, it was from everything that you had no idea it had yeah. anything to do with d I'll or, see like yeah. creatures in Zelda or wherever in any video game out, and then I'll see it in D&D. I'll be like, wait, wasn't this shit way back? And they yeah. like, wasn't this shit first? <laughs> and I'm like, damn, like yeah. how many of these like uh, big name creators have Play D and D. I want to know. Yeah, yeah, I'd like to know too. Because um, right now D and D, it's it's you know in vogue. It's very popular to like D and D. D and D's gone through some hard times, my friend. And, oh yeah, uh, I know. Yeah, but uh, it survived. I, uh, if you're if you're on the borders of nerd culture and stuff, if you're like in it, you hear about people who play D and D, and even sometimes Magic the Gathering, even mm-hmm. though that's a lot more popular. I feel like. Yeah. Although um, that game is a lot older than even I thought. Like I didn't realize how old that game was. Yeah, the Magic the Gathering scene is pretty. Uh, it's intense and people are very passionate. Um, yeah. and we're, we're in SoCal and that there's a big, um, there's a big hub of card gaming here in the yeah. city of industry yeah. and yeah, stuff. So people like to, people <clears> like <throat> to, um, get really into it and be very like passionate. I know a lot of those guys play D and D and a lot of, they, yeah. the, uh, magic, the gathering is very D and D inspired. Isn't that yeah. wizards of the coast game? Uh, yes. Wizards of the coast does run now. Wizards of the coast didn't invent D and D. They picked up the license after I think it was, TSR was the company that had it before them, and I'm not sure if TSR had it from the beginning or if Gygax had some other company or maybe he privately owned it. I don't know. Right. But that's not what this episode is about. Yeah. So where, so, where do you approach when you're going to start building dungeons? Um, I would say when, when you're about to build a dungeon, um, the first thing you need to think about is, well, what is this dungeon? What does it serve? Who built this dungeon? Okay. And for what purpose? Right. That's, that's always... going to define a whole lot of how it was built. Like, if it was built for a temple, well, like, you're going to have your your um, worship room. You're going to have, like, the room where the priests live. You're going to have this whole setup based off the premise of what this place is supposed to be. Right, right. And then, of course, the second question you have to ask is, what populates this dungeon now? Whether that be the original builders or something way different. Yeah, did something... Um make its home there exactly and then you have to think to yourself like well why why does it live here and how does it make this place its home yeah does the does the progression through the rooms of your dungeon make sense like Mm -hmm. uh i think you put us through one that was there was like an old kitchen in part of it yeah or like some kind of room like for function there are people here they need to eat they're gonna have a place like that and and the reason i think this is important is for the believability right it steeps you in this world it's those are the little details that your players won't notice but it has an effect on their belief in the game and uh i think it's, it's of the utmost importance i say whenever you're making a room for a dungeon um, let that let that room have three defining factors. You don't have to have this long list of descriptors. You can if that's what you're good at and that's what you like. But mm-hmm. I would say as long as you have three uh, standout uh, properties of a room, like whether it be a smell or an object or a material the walls or floor are made out of or something like that, like just three defining properties for each room you're gonna you're gonna have a good feel for this dungeon as you're going through it cool so from room to room in the same dungeon are you gonna like try to use the same descriptors a lot of time you like, might oh uh, the might. floor looks like the, the floor and the walls are made of this in each yeah room. like it, i mean hasn't a, changed from room a lot to room. of dungeons are gonna have un- uniformity especially if it's a cave you know like yeah I mean, so and it's a cave yeah it's a cave it's gonna have little um, pockets, little slagites, slagmites, you know, and all that. And and sometimes, sometimes, just to throw it in there, just have like the plainest, barest 
room there could be because sometimes you're going to come across a bare room. Yeah. Players are going to search that room like crazy, <laughs> just knowing something's there, but nothing's there. Yeah, a little and time waster. Like, and like, and may, like maybe the players will will like come up with a cool idea that and they'll kind of mutter to themselves that you didn't think of, and you're like, wait, that's a cool idea. I'm going to have that. Yeah, and yeah, then, yeah. Then the next thing you know, there is something in the room. Uh, <laughs> but that's that's more about like ad lipping and this. Like, yeah, you the have the right head. to do that as a DM. Uh, hell yeah, you do. You're a dungeon master. Like, it's all it. about making the game good. And try to keep it a secret for your players, though. Yeah, that's yeah. The, that's you a don't trick, let right? don't part the co- the kimono, you know. So. <laughs> <laughs> but oh, um, gross. Yeah, but um, uh, okay. So so once you've decided those things, um, you kind of have to decide, and and usually by the time you're building a dungeon, you already know what you're going to do in this regard. But the style of exploration that you're going to um, give this dungeon. Like, are you going to have this entire dungeon mapped out on grid paper, mm-hmm. square by square, right? and have it laid out so the players can explore it room by room, square by square? I do that. Probably most of the time, that's how I do it. Um, I just, that's I like doing it like that. But you do not have to do it that way. There's other ways you can do it. Okay. You can have it completely theater of the mind where you have everything that you need to know as Dungeon Master written on a pad of paper or maybe already in your head. Just up in the noggin. And you are just describing it and your players are asking questions and there's no grid paper or battle maps involved at all. So it goes like, uh, okay, you guys are in the, the main entrance and a player might be like, well, how close I am to the nearest door? And you'd be like, the nearest door is to your left, 15 mm-hmm. feet. You mm-hmm. want to walk over there and say, yes, they do. They open the door, X, Y, whatever. Exactly. Okay. And that's, I mean, hell, that's the original way of playing the game. And I do that sometimes too. Um, not usually. Um, but it's that's a totally legit and awesome way to play as well. Yeah, um, I mean, there's, there's pros and cons of both. You're depending on your imagination so much. You should yeah. you should be an imaginative person if you're playing Dungeons yeah. Dragons. I and, feel like it and, benefits and you a lot. The thing is, like, if you've never tried that way, and it doesn't sound good to you, I I, I say give it a shot just once because you never know. It it it's a nice way to play sometimes. Cool. Um, and vice versa. Have you never done the battle grid before? You should give it a shot. Like it's always nice to try different ways of playing this game. This game is so diverse. This game can give you so much. You should explore all of it. There's so much to explore. And then you can find your style after that. You exactly. know, there are going to be things you like and that you don't like. You mm-hmm. keep what you like and move on. Yeah. And there's a little bit of an in between style, which I do sometimes as well, where. Um, if there's going to be a combat, you do have grid paper and rooms mapped out, but outside of combat, you're doing it theater of the mind. Cool. And that's another totally legitimate way to run through a dungeon. Yeah. So it's up to you. Now, when it comes to the grid paper and drawing, you might t- say to yourself, well, I'm really crappy. I'm really shitty at drawing. <laughs> like, so I don't want to do that. Yeah. And to you, I say two things. Number one, you don't have to be good at drawing because... You can sketch out the shittiest looking dungeon. Like all, all you need is lines. You just need basic lines for walls, basic boxes or squares for objects. You don't have to be an artist. You can be, and that is awesome. And I, I love seeing great art and great battle map art. It's fucking awesome. I can't do it. I do okay, but like I'm not on that level. And then the second thing I say to you is, if you don't like lines and boxes. Luckily, luckily for you, the internet exists and it's populated by almost nothing but Dungeon Masters because there is so <laughs> much material out there that you could just take from. Um, just art, just Google, Google uh, whatever 
keywords you want for your dungeon and just type in dungeon map and you'll find something. Yeah, you need if you need inspiration, it's out there. You can find it. Yeah, uh, absolutely. Internet's a great tool. If you really do suck at drawing, um, Roll20 is a great website to... Yeah, that's a good one. Um, it sets a grid out for you and you can draw... Like, it'll literally put out a square for you. They have a tutorial for learning their software. It, it takes a little... It's a little time consuming, but it's worth it if that's how you want to run your, your dungeons and stuff. Yeah, you want absolutely. maps for everything and you don't want to draw them all. You just want to grid them out. There you go, man. Roll20 yeah. is there for you. Right now, um, I'm building dungeons, and I've got uh, I've got a sheet of, of grid paper, mm-hmm. uh, just like a standard like eight and a half by 11s and stuff. I think they're actually a little bigger, but that doesn't matter. Yeah. And then I've got these laminate squares that are eight and a half by 11, and I lay them over my grid paper, and oh, I put little cool. marks down at grids so I can like position the paper right. Mm-hmm. And then I'll just draw over the grid. And then I'm not wasting, you know, I can erase as I go and it, it's like, it doesn't have those smudges from like pencils or whatever. Yeah. yeah. And uh, I have like infinite laminate sheets. I just make as many as I want and That's then cool. just put them over the grid paper or I can put them over like a sheet that I print out with a background and so it can go over anything. Yeah. And that's also cool. And also you do like dry erase boards and all kinds of other stuff. How um, how long should dungeons be? Like as how long as you want them to be? That's something you got to decide at the beginning. Uh, how big is the dungeon? Do you intend the adventurers to explore the whole damn thing? Um, and probably you do, but like some some dungeons are huge, like gigantic. Yeah, because you need to be prepped for your players to go wherever they want to go in the dungeon, right? Like if they want to, yeah. if there's a, if you plotted a crack in the wall somewhere and they want to go in there you can yeah, you better be ready for it yeah. you, whether that means thinking off the top of your head or you have something pre-planned like yeah you do have to be ready for anything as a dungeon master okay. so when it comes to um building the dungeon like whether you're going to draw it theater of the mind you just got to decide um its layout what it was built for, what populates it now? Like, is it populated by like a clan of gnolls or orcs or something? And what's their dynamic like? Right, right. Is it populated by them and some other things too? Like, what's the dynamic between all these things? Like, yeah. is there like deep, deep underneath the dungeon, like uh, an abolith making its layer there, and it allows these other things to live within its, uh, like the entrance ways, if you will, to its lair to kind of protect it in a way like yeah is there an like ecosystem do you got water moving through there or they're like well, fish monsters? there kind of has to be an ecosystem that because here's the thing like if monsters live there they got to drink they got to eat yeah. so you may want to include these things in the building like well there needs to be a water source let me put one in here yeah some kind of food chain maybe yeah, like exactly the different monsters you encounter maybe they eat each other yeah i don't know yeah and also here's another thing to think about in your world how common are adventurers because yeah. maybe the orcs have to deal with adventurers on the regular or maybe maybe there's goblins and orcs and when adventurers come into the mix they try and use the adventurers against the uh, oh one or the, the other one or the other yeah so the exactly goblins, goblins see you first and now yeah, you're a tool like, against the orcs exactly that's interesting exactly oh there's some good ass treasure that way mm-hmm. you should go in or, there or you'll have to kill those guys they don't like you know you'll have to kill them yeah exactly <laughs> exactly um so i mean they, you got to think about that too like things live here how do they make their living here cool yeah um i've always um it's kind of trolly and a little like oh man like just a letdown but you know now everything's going to yield treasure and big scores for your players yes. maybe you go into a dungeon you probably don't want to pop it, like have a huge dungeon with nothing so maybe <laughs> yeah that'd be oh but, man i'd be so disappointed yeah your players go in and it's it's not the Sorry, biggest guys. dungeon but there's it's been picked clean somebody already ran through here oh i like that the That's chests are open yeah. there, yeah. there was stuff here it's gone you see some tracks you know yeah. 
that could be a, re- a real thing. Yeah, it could be. Oh, it reminds me of Shovel Knight when you go to the chest and the dude jumps out. He's like, sorry, I already looted the chest. <laughs> Garfield the Deals Warlock. Yeah. No, yeah, he's just like, you want to buy the thing I found? Yeah, exactly. You can. Yeah. <laughs> That's hilarious. <laughs> it's like, I That's needed so really many funny. special items to get to this chest. How did you get here? I you know, freak? right? <laughs> That's badass. That guy's funny. Um, So, yeah, you got to think about populating your dungeon and how those dynamics work. Um, and yeah, yeah, things could be picked clean. Totally. Absolutely. But talking about being picked clean, like, yeah, you're going to have to put some sort of loot in here because why else would adventurers, um, yeah, what's the motivation be out here doing what dungeons. they do? Yeah. Like, I mean, granted, like in your campaign, maybe your adventurers aren't, uh, quote unquote adventurers out looking for loot and stuff. Maybe they're just, they have their own personal missions and stuff, but D and D kind of like suggests that like, that's kind of the way it is. There are adventurers. They go into dungeons and they find loot. Yeah, dungeoneering is a cool part of the game, and, and you're probably going to want to utilize it. You don't yeah. have to at all. No, like, you don't. Yeah. Everything can be towns. Everything can be combat, and that's that's entertaining in its own right. Yeah. So when when it comes to loot, you know, uh, most of your loot's going to be in the DMG. Um, here's the thing: you don't really need the DMG for anything. Like, yeah. I'm gonna be honest. You don't. You uh, depending on how creative you are, and if you want to utilize the resources that you you have when it comes to the internet, or even just within your own head, you don't need the DMG. But I suggest you buy it, especially if you're a new dungeon master, because it has all the tools you need. It's gonna have suggestions and whole paragraphs talking about the craft of dungeon building. It's going to have all kinds of items in there that you can have for loot. It's going to tell you how to build encounters. I mean, yeah, we'll do an episode, but it's nice to have a book too, you know? Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, What I've noticed, because I'm reading it right now, getting ready for um, a game, and what I've noticed the most is not necessarily like I haven't thought of this, but I haven't thought about it in like the complexity that the that the DMG brings to the table. Like, right. did you think, especially with like, I'm, I'm pretty early in the read. So I'm, 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 I just finished like the section about your Pantheon and stuff like mm-hmm. building a Pantheon. I know it's a little off top off topic, but it, it really gives you a lot of different approaches. Like, are you going to do it this way? Are you going to do it this way? This is a way that somebody in the Canon of D and D does it. You want to borrow that, yep. you know, and I'm sure it's just like that for the dungeon building. Yeah. Um, now, and remember, too, like these are just suggestions. There's no right or wrong way. The right way is the way you like best. Yeah. But mm-hmm. um, but yeah, it, it can be at a level of complexity that can be daunting. Um, but remember, it's only as complex as you want it to be. Right. So um, but uh, before we move on, actually, like, you have built dungeons. Like yes. you're building dungeons currently, but you have built dungeons yes. and those dungeons have been explored yeah. and I have explored those dungeons <laughs> yeah. and they were a lot of fun. I thought you did a fucking great job. Thanks. And so what was your, like, com- you came in the, here from a blank, sl- blank slate. Like your only, I feel like experience with D&D dungeons was the dungeons I've rolled you through. Yeah. So where did all that come from? Um, well, first, it, uh, I, I feel bad because, like, I look back on the dungeons I built, mm-hmm. and they were my first ones. So then I, I'm like, I can do so much better. I know I can. <laughs> yeah. So I, I see that. Then and you it, get to my level where you're like, ah, fuck it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but go ahead. <laughs> it was like it was fun to build them, and I really liked seeing somebody walk through it and pick it apart and like right and, and you know in ways that you never thought they would yeah, yeah. you got to be ready and I, I i you know i've seen it so i was ready for the unexpected and like okay i gotta think on my feet but um what i really don't want to do anymore is make uh these little trivial errors like distance um hmm. 
like I plotted like you guys went underground for one and I, mm-hmm. I gave you a landmark above the thing that mm-hmm. you were going to see underneath. Mm-hmm. And then I was like, oh, you guys walk down this long ass hallway and blah, blah. I was like, oh, wait, that. this hallway was supposed to be like 20 feet. <laughs> I remember that. That was funny <laughs> shit. A retcon yeah, alert. So. And it happens, man. I mean, especially when you're new to the game. That's OK. Yeah, that was my good. that was my first one. And there was some <laughs> oh, weird there funny. was some weird thing. Little little things about that game that were a little strange that I had to like, oh, wait, guys, can you work with me in your in your mind for a second? Yeah. But. From that, the, my first dungeon onto my second dungeon, I I fixed a lot of those things, mm-hmm. but I felt like then I was railroading too much. Like there weren't as many places to go freely. I mean, so that dungeon was your your second dungeon was very linear. Yes, and that's okay. Dungeons can be linear. Yeah, like there's um, one way in, one way out. Yeah, and there's shit there's shit in the middle, and you're gonna go through. I, at first, I was like, "You're gonna go through half of it, and you pick which direction you go." But then mm-hmm. I was just like, "Fuck it! It's it's long. It's it's not long enough if you do it like that. So you're gonna go through all of it, which right. I had prepared." But yeah, yeah. But then you're going through every room, and it's formulated. Like and okay, so and that's another okay. So let, that's a good talking point because that dungeon was linear, and the reason it was linear was because that dungeon was set up as a series of trials, right? Which is an awesome way to do a dungeon. You obviously don't want to do that every time, no. But like, you think to yourself, like, like. That kind of goes back to, like, why was this place built? Yeah, which is what I really put a lot of effort into being like, why would they? Why would this place exist here? Mm-hmm. Because I DM'd that game in your world. Mm-hmm. So I mm-hmm. had to, like, I don't want to just have this meaningless hole. Right, like, right. What, that doesn't make any sense. I need a reason. Selling a little or a lot. Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system, wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout, 15% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify is great. They're taking businesses of all sizes, cradling them in their arms, to help them grow by giving them the tools they need. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S., and Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success at every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash dungeoncast, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash dungeoncast now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash dungeoncast. Greetings, adventurers. Today we're excited to introduce you to a new story, Dark Dice, a horror podcast that blurs the line between actual play and audio drama where the story is determined by the roll of the dice. Six adventurers embark on a journey into the ruinous domain of the Nameless God. They will never be the same again. One of the players is not what they seem after a doppelganger, a creature that can assume the form and voice of whatever it kills, infiltrates the team. As the players are picked off and replaced one at a time, can they figure out who the monster is before it's too late? Can you? Here's a quick example of what our show sounds like. The, uh, shambler with the jar of liquid inside of him. 
Soren Arkwright let loose an arrow that cracked the glass, passing through the spine of the creature. The shambler still managed to maintain its forward momentum, but stumbled as it eagerly tried to bite and swipe at Soren, landing near his feet. As Jeff Goldblum has now joined our cast, Dark Dice is available however you listen to podcasts. Hey, everybody. I just want to thank you all for listening and supporting us. Um, we are really appreciative of all the support you guys have shown for us. It's, it's why we're doing this. And uh, if you want to help us more, if you want to see more of this show, um, the way you can help us is uh, subscribing to us on YouTube, following us on SoundCloud, or subscribing on your podcast app, whichever that may be. Leaving likes and comments is paramount, um, when, especially when it comes to YouTube, because the algorithms on YouTube are basically set up in such a way where the more comments and likes we re- receive, more so than the subscribes and views, the more our video will be publicized in their deciding like what you may like section and stuff like that. And just in general traffic, like when you search for D and D stuff, we want to be seen because that's the community we're, we're approaching. So, um, when we get that kind of traffic, um, our tags will come up more often. And, uh, when you search for us, it would really help the visibility. If you guys could go do that. Uh, I wish it didn't have to be that way where we're asking for likes and subscribes constantly, but it's, that's the, that's the nature of the beast. This is the way it's yeah, going to be. Yeah. And honestly, we want to put the content out there for you guys. So it's easy for you to do that. So we're experimenting with some video. We've gotten some, uh, some oh, yeah. requests for video. You can so see us now. Hopefully Woo! on this episode, you can see us, um, <laughs> not for this part of the episode. Yeah. So you can't see me waving. Yeah, Maybe and you can. I and, don't know. and if you're on a podcast app, uh, nothing changes. Right, <laughs> you can just hear us. Um, yeah, but uh, yeah, commenting on iTunes, giving us a rating, positive or negative, um, the the feedbacks appreciated. Feedback is super important. Yeah, if if we're doing something that you think can be improved on, and you have feedback for us, please, we want to hear it. Um, I'll also say if you if you want us to do a shout out to you on the show, all you have to do is tweet out about the show um, to followers. Just tweet out like, "Hey, check us out! Check out this podcast, the Dungeon Cast," and uh, I'll make sure I, I catch it and uh, I'll uh, shout out to you here on the show. Yeah, you can uh, you can tweet us at the Dungeon Cast. That's where we are on Twitter. Mm-hmm. Um, you can email us if you want at uh, thedungeoncast at gmail dot com. Um, that's how you can search us on YouTube. Just type in the Dungeon Cast, and we should come up. Um, is there anything else? We're on SoundCloud.com backslash the Dungeon Cast. Uh, um, that's where we host our podcast. So if you're listening to us only and not lo- uh, not looking at our faces, uh, <laughs> you, that's where you can find us. Alrighty, enjoy the rest of the show. Thanks for listening. Bye. <laughs> so, so when it came to your dungeon being linear, that's not a bad thing. Dungeons can be linear, and that's totally okay because. Um, I mean, the the very premise behind the dungeon kind of dictated that it had to be. Right. That's all right. Um, and some dungeons are, most dungeons probably are kind of totally nonlinear, which is also okay and awesome. So here's what I did with that dungeon that the only nonlinear thing I did there mm-hmm. was um, the uh, presumed enemy that mm-hmm. you guys would be fighting in the dungeon was present almost the entire time. That was were. an interesting twist. Now that I think about it, that's very unusual. Yeah, you like, could have fought him at any, any point. point in time. You would eventually have to like proceed through. The, it would have been difficult if you fought him too early. I mm-hmm. would have had to think on my feet a little bit because there were yeah. like impassable walls that mm-hmm. you guys had to move through and you needed an item to get through the walls that was like halfway through. That's, the, yeah, the, yeah, that's true. But you could, there were ways, but if you guys had decided to fight him too early, he would have probably done like, cause you guys took him down like 
Yeah, we did. We 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 did hit him. Destroyed in. this yeah. single. We wrecked error, his fucking ass. Which was my that uh, was my fatal error in that dungeon was I made the enemy too easy. But if you guys had yeah. fought him any earlier than that, he wouldn't have been so easy. You right. guys got like I gave you guys some buffs and I gave you guys an ally and I gave you guys like a few things Magic to help items, take him down. Yeah. 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 And <clears> if you had decided to fight him, which almost happened a couple times earlier. Yeah, because one of our players is an asshole. Yeah. Like <laughs> Any of the fighters, the um, anybody that wasn't doing magical damage would have had mm-hmm. a real had a real struggle with that. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. But that was a really cool um, like twist, if you will. Like uh, f- upon entering the dungeon, like we, it was very blatant that this dude was an antagonist. Yeah, even if the he himself didn't know it quite yet. Yeah, I was like, oh man, like in <laughs> character, all of us knew we were probably gonna have to fight it, yeah. fight him. But we we did everything we could not to. Right, and, um, and there there. That was a possibility that he just, you guys just leave. It was very slim, but, yeah. you know, I counted those, those were the, that was the one area it wasn't linear, but everything else, the movement through the physical rooms, right. you were going to have to do that. Right. So when it comes to dungeons, they're not just populated by creatures, but they are filled with, and not just loot, they're filled with other things, traps, uh, obstacles, right? puzzles maybe key doors doors are a huge thing i mean are the doors locked are the doors hidden and secret are the doors magical are the doors trapped are the doors what are they made out of are they strength check them away bars are they like barred doors are they portcullises are they made of iron are they made of stone are they made of wood are they cheap wooden doors yeah all of these things have a different effect and they're going to cause pcs to do different things they're going to try different skills of course based off what class they are um but yeah like all these play a part in your dungeon and and give your dungeon a feel, if you will, depending on and uh, on what they are. Um, when it comes to traps, the dungeon master gives you some really good example traps and shows you how to build the traps. Like what's the appropriate like damage and DCs for uh, this trap at this level. But let's talk about trap like building, if you will. Okay. Um, so traps in D and D fall into two categories. They're either mechanical. Or they're magical. Yeah. Meaning they're, you know, I mean, that's pretty... A bear trap. Let's take. Let's talk about something. You step on it, it clamps your foot, and mm-hmm. takes some damage, there you're stuck. Go. Mechanical. Yeah. A pit trap, that's a mechanical trap. Uh, maybe spears jutting out of the wall when you... Uh, pressure plate traps, you yeah. know, stuff like that. All mechanical. And uh, honestly, you can get as creative with it as you want. Yeah, your trap doesn't have to do damage. It can be a portcullis that comes down when you yeah. like oh, a pressure yeah. plate. A trap that literally traps you. Yeah. <laughs> oh man. Like, now I gotta. <laughs> what, what do you know? I have to think my way out of this. Yeah. This pat. This my passage is blocked. I gotta find another route or exactly. break through it or I don't know. And then magical traps are just like magical wards, like maybe uh, glyphs or spellworks that go off. Um, usually doing like fire, ice. Lightning damage, Some illusions. Kind of, there can be illusion traps, like little explosions almost. Hell, stuff. the last dungeon you guys just went through was full of illusion. Oh traps. yeah, th- those are fun too because yeah, really um, cool. you, it feels like a mechanical trap unless you make your wisdom save exactly, and then you see through it. But yeah. until you see through it, you're like suffocating or whatever. Yeah, you're, exactly. you're doing like you're going through the experience of the that thing real. Yeah, because yeah. you believe it's real. I, I have to say that last dungeon that I had you guys go through was the single funnest time I ever had building a dungeon. It was a lot of fun yeah. playing it too. It was just really like cool. the um, the design, I, I like the vine traps, especially because they kept getting triggered over <laughs> yeah, and over God, again by they one got person. So many times, <laughs> oh man, it was hilarious. And, and like seeing it at the end, 
like it was just a spiral and like, yes you guys figured it out pretty quick too i like that that was really neat well only because of the like the amount of times it oh went yeah off. like the pattern was blatant with how many times yeah that's true i think i think somebody <laughs> triggered it like three or four times they ended up taking like a yeah a decent and they amount just of damage kept, they for kept it. at it man i was like okay uh, um um yeah illusion magic is cool yeah illusion um, magic is really cool it could be like it could be as simple as like you think there's just a wall here mm-hmm. and there's you could go through it if you see through it. Yeah. But until then, you think there's just a wall there and you can't pass it. Yeah. yeah how absolutely. would you know? You'd have to mm-hmm. do those kinds of checks. Like, what do you mean? There's just a dead end here. That doesn't make any sense. Right. Exactly. What can I do? What kind of checks can mm-hmm. I do? That's mm-hmm. when you start asking for roles. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so and, and just like the dungeon itself, when it comes to traps, you can ask yourself who set up this trap and for why. Yeah. There's like, probably if there's traps, there's probably loot. Or yeah. information, or, or they're just trying to keep people out, or or whatever. Yeah, or maybe here. they're trying to capture food. You know? <laughs> oh, that's cool. Yeah, yeah. It, it could be a number of things. Um, and then there's puzzles slash also riddles. This is kind of some gray area. Now, here. puzzles and riddles are tricky. Yeah. And I highly recommend you not implementing them unless you really, really have a cool idea, because inherently they're gonna mess with the meta part of the game. Because, and let me explain why. If you have a puzzle that's really based off of like intelligence. Um, Legend of Zelda puzzles are really like uh, log- like logic puzzles, or like you know you, yeah. you move pieces around until you got to write puzzles. Um, and the character that you're role playing is a high intelligence character, right? But maybe you're not as high intelligence as your character, and yeah. you're not figuring out this puzzle. Yeah, but your genius wizard probably should have a character you should have known by now or not but probably it starts to kind of like you start feeling like you're playing a game Mm -hmm. rather than role-playing in a world and here's the thing is most tables are on a time limit and these types of things take take some time take like you might spend 20 minutes on one trap and you're like man we should have been through this room in like a couple minutes right uh, the flip side of what I was saying is what if you're really intelligent and you have this puzzle solved like that, but your character's uh, like seven intelligence barbarian who has no Should've idea, know. like would just never know. That can break the immersion too. And really, like if your table's comfortable with it, go for it. If the puzzle's really cool, the puzzle's cool, man. Just do it. Um, now, I do puzzles from from time to time. I like puzzles. I can't help but put a puzzle in a dungeon sometimes. Um, I feel like there's a good. There are good ways to go about it. There though. are good ways to go about it. Um, the way I do it is if if you if you can solve the puzzle, just solve the puzzle. Yeah. Like try and do it in character. I guess. Like if if you feel like if you feel like it's too out of character, don't go for it. But um, I don't want to bog the game down with my puzzle. I want it to be fun for my players. Yeah. If the team has to step out of character to solve the puzzle because it's taking time, yeah. that's probably for the best. Here's and here's the thing. Like you might argue, like, well, like, how would the dumb character figure out the puzzle? Well, you know what? In real life, morons have uh, moments of epiphanies of all the time. Yeah. It happens all the time. You know, like, so this is just one of those times. Oh well, move on. Yeah. You maybe know? maybe you crit twenty this role and out of character, you know it. So in character. Go for it. And I would say um, if you're going to do a puzzle or riddle, you have kind of two options on the end game when it comes to puzzles or riddles. If you're going to make it like that they cannot move on without solving this puzzle or riddle, mm-hmm. then mm-hmm. make it something that the camp- the story's going to keep going even if they never get into this room. They'll- it'll just always bug them like, man, I wonder what was in that chamber. But right. it wasn't so important to the story that they couldn't move on. Or if you are going to make it that they have to 
get through here, there needs to be another option that can be set into motion if they cannot solve this puzzle. Yeah, maybe um, maybe th- maybe there was just a door. You know, it wasn't um, like Will was saying, just like you didn't need to go there, but maybe there was some badass instructions to make a, a good potion or something like that. Mm-hmm. Like like that giant's potion that you gave us was pretty oh, yeah, cool. Like yeah. Maybe there's some recipe where your spellcaster person can make it, and if you bypass it, so be it, you know? You yeah. didn't solve that puzzle. Oh, well, there was some cool shit behind that door, but you'll never know. Yeah. Um, I do like um, putting in puzzles. There were some puzzles that I put in my dungeons where they weren't super hard to solve, but you needed multiple people to solve it. And when mm. you're in a party, it, it's easy to figure out. Maybe you guys have to step on pressure plates at the same time. Right. Maybe you have to pull switches in the right order. You know, stuff that's like you you need maybe one one or you need more than one person. Like <clears throat> maybe two people inhabit this dungeon and it's their home and they keep they stash their cool shit here and you mm. want to break in. Or you need two people to pull this lever at the same time. That's the only way the door will open. Mm-hmm. And then like you have a limited amount of time to get through the door before it closes again. Right. That way people can't follow behind you or whatever. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, one person. Another thing to keep in mind when you're building your dungeon is the things that your players can do. Like, be aware of what your player characters are capable of. Because dungeons can be a place where certain characters will shine. And you want them to be able to shine. Because, like, mm-hmm. that's how they build their character. You want them to be able to do those things. Also... You want to keep in mind what they're really good at because at times you're going to want to challenge even those who shine. Yeah. Um, Like in dungeons, stealth is very important. Perception, investigation, very important. Arcane knowledge and history knowledge are very important. Right, right. Um, uh, Survival and nature might come into play. Um, Who knows how long you're down there? If you're in a long dungeon, you might need to find food. Yeah, absolutely. Um, So... Remember everything your players can do and, and give them little tidbits where they can shine and they can use these skills and they can roll this dice because, like, that's why we're playing. Like, they want to have fun. They want to be their character. Right, right. You know, and, like, that's part of being their character is doing those things. And also, by knowing what they can do, you can also challenge them with something that they won't be able to so easily get by. They'll have to think a little bit harder about it. Mm-hmm. So uh, knowing your characters and catering to what they can and can't do is going to be one of the biggest factors in making your dungeon fun for everyone involved. That's a good point. We're recording. We're live everywhere. <laughs> we're super live. We're double live. We're so live right now. <laughs> <laughs> so goddamn live. All right. Um, so now we want to get into hazards, right? Yeah. So uh, in dungeons, there are traps, there's loot, there's uh, monsters, and then there's something that kind of falls between traps and just objects, and that would be hazards. Um Hazards aren't super common in dungeons necessarily because they need a source, but hazards are things like um, like webbing that can get oh, in the way, like environmental things. Envi- yeah, environmental things Maybe like some uh, overgrown brush or yeah, whatever. Or on where uh, like green slime, which can be like an like almost like an acidic type Ooh, thing, or like, like rivers what, and like little cliffs, like crumbling rock. Mm-hmm, are those? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Cool. And also like uh, it, it can be more more trap like though too, because like you could have a hallway that's completely greased down with like oil that can light. Like easily, oh shit! Like and a, then like a booby trap, kind of almost like a booby trap. So it's not it's not quite a trap, 
but it if is. You do the wrong. If thing you do there. the wrong thing, it could be a hazard. Natural exactly. gas leak. Yeah, exactly. Oh shit. They, they, yeah, and that's the thing. Get creative with it. Do the, some fire dam. You do some fire move, and it's over. Mm-hmm. Oh crap. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And uh, and the DMG gives you a few. I don't think it gives you uh, a, a way of building hazards, but I mean, just it, honestly, just take a look at like how their hazards work, and then reflavor stuff accordingly. Yeah. Um, if I'm sure you could do it, be inspired by yeah. reality yeah. in those senses. You know, yeah. if you do have a natural gas leak and you light a flame, you're gonna something's gonna explode probably. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you could have there could be like a river of molten lava in the way. That's not a trap. That's just a hazard. Yeah, don't fall in. Yeah, how do you gotta <laughs> how do you go about getting through it, over it, around it? Exactly, because you know? like fire resistance isn't gonna save you from lava. I'm sorry. Right. right. <laughs> That's um, uh, too too much heat. Yeah. So so hazards are yet another tool as a DM that you're gonna use. To make the dungeon interesting and memorable and uh, and and uh, challenging, I do like um, the last dungeon that you put us in with the uh, with the spiders. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, oh yeah. We webs. like walked up webs in, everywhere. Yeah, we walked up into <laughs> like a cave and we were on a ledge and we had to walk single file and there was like a river t- down to our left, kind of flowing out from like the back of this cave and there were spiders in it. Lots of them, big ones, and there was web everywhere, and there were like trip wires yeah. and stuff that they had set. Yeah. You know, you get, it's funny too because you guys actually got through it without an issue, but the whole way you guys were like really nervous and like, oh god, what do we do? Oh god, what do we do? Yeah, and was that was great. Like that's the effect I wanted it to have. Like I, whether or not you got through it easily, like it still had the effect on you guys. Yeah, which you is set great. up that trip wire. Where it was like, oh, we have to like climb up this little wall to get into this other little pocket, and there was a. It looked like a rope coming out mm-hmm. of it, but it was a web. And yeah. like, Luckily, nobody grabbed it. Yeah, yeah. So I was, was cool. I was waiting for somebody to fuck it up. That but been bad. No, yes, didn't. Yes, it did. Yeah. So yeah, there's there's also hazards. Oh man, I remember Jake smashing the shit out of the wall and like destroying oh, the yeah. webs and stuff. Yeah, you that guys got cool. creative with it. Yeah, that yeah. was really cool. That was fun. Yeah. Um, there was lots of hazards in that one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was. I, I usually don't use that many hazards. That whole dungeon was just full of them. Yeah, we were fighting the no the traps. All final hazards. spider, the drider in yeah. in the water. We were in the water. Yeah, yeah, you were. And then the darkness spell went up and yeah. no one could see. It was yeah. garbage. It was, it, was, it was a lot of fun. <laughs> um, so uh, so kind of back to the beginning of building the dungeon, and this is something I should have brought up at the beginning, but uh, it slipped my mind, is you not only have to think about who built it and for what purpose, but where was this thing built? Because that is going to affect a lot. Mm-hmm. Is this dungeon underwater? Is this right. dungeon underground? Is it on the top of a mountain? Is it in an old uh, city ruin, you know, is it in a jungle? Like all these things are going to define like what kind of creatures can be found there, what the environment's going to be like and you know, yada, yada, yada. Right. right. So, uh, so yeah, think about your location and think about how that location affects the dungeon um, because it's going to give you ideas. Mm. Maybe that you wouldn't have if you didn't consider the location, if you just kind of brush that bit off. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, so yeah. Okay. Um, so I, once you move into a dungeon, mm-hmm. we haven't really touched too much about what kind of creatures live in dungeons. Is there a stereotype of what you find? There's a lot of stereotypes. Like, I think uh, beholders, there we go, they live in dungeons. They make dungeons their layers. Uh, dragons have layers, too. Like, But, like, any creature can be found in dungeons. I like oozes a lot. I love the gelatinous cube. It's my... 100% favorite D&D monster. Um, <laughs> Don't get I, sucked up into I, the gelatinous cube. I've always had this idea of uh, being a wizard who uh, 
yeah, and this kind of breaks the rules because like the find familiar spare I spell I don't think works like this. But having a little pet gelatinous ooze, uh, oh what gelatinous cube, like a little pet <laughs> one that, that if, rolls around like a little Roomba for what and, function? And clean, just just to have it, just <laughs> because it's cute, it's it's adorable, okay, and it, okay. and also it cleans your your bed chamber it, like it, like a little Roomba yeah. it vacuums the whole room. <laughs> it just sloshes around. It's really cute. Sometimes it picks up gold pieces. <laughs> yeah, I want a small gelatinous cube, Brian. <laughs> Fuck you for judging me. Yeah, I'm not judging you. You can have it. <laughs> Go but um, but yeah, populating dungeon oozes oozes live in dungeons. Um, gnolls, orcs, goblins, goblins definitely live in dungeons. Oh yeah, uh, hobgoblins too. Like pretty much anything. People Kobolds, live in dungeons. People sometimes. live in dungeons. Yeah. Bandits make it their hideout. Um, so what lives there is up to you. And you know, having interesting combinations is always fun. Like you got a bunch of bandits and bandits and a volcano layer. How did they end up there? And okay, what's the dynamic? Yeah. You yeah. never know. Like, get creative with it because uh, that's what D&D is about. Yeah, each dungeon has its own little plot line. Mm-hmm. That's cool. Um, I will say this, though. Um, any monster, for the most part, can live in a dungeon. There are some monsters that when they move into a dungeon, they, but just by being there, change the function of the dungeon because they are really powerful entities. Right. Um, there are monsters like dragons, mm-hmm. beholders, aboliths, um, liches, I think. Um, what's another one? Uh, vampire lords. All these these things, when they move into a dungeon, they make the dungeon what's called their lair. And their lair uh, has certain mechanics about it that is described in the monster manual. And there'll be magical effects. Like Some effects will affect the dungeon itself. Some okay. effects are so powerful, they affect... The region around the dungeon for a ten mile radius. Oh, I remember you telling me something yeah. about that vampire lord thing. Yeah, like it could be like fog is thick and impenetrable within a ten mile radius of this dungeon, <laughs> and you know there's nothing you can do about right, it. Right, right. You all just have to trek through with, the fog. with the vampire lord. I think it's like all wolves, bats, and and snakes are like become more antagonistic and vicious when in this area. Okay, and stuff like that. Dragons have like elemental effects on stuff. And uh, basically, the, these beings are so powerful and their magic is so inherent that it passively just affects the terrain around them. Yeah, maybe a dragon has made its lair into, like, maybe it likes to be in just a bath of molten lava. Dragons can probably do that. Yeah, red dragons would fucking love that shit. Yeah, they'll just so, be, you can't traverse their shit. You've got to draw them out, maybe. Yeah. I don't know. And and here's the thing. Um, not only are these all, all these effects in, in play with these creatures, but... Um, Attacking a monster that is capable of creating a lair um, within their lair is super fucking dangerous because when you enter into combat with, let's say, a dragon in its lair, its lair gets turns and initiative rolls. What? We will get into that when we talk about dragons and, and the other creatures. The dungeon yeah, lives. The dungeon like literally <laughs> will do things at certain intervals. Because the dragon's there and you're in its lair. Oh, fuck. So, yeah, like... Like a plume of lava. Like, exactly. That's exactly okay, stuff yeah. like that. Um, so, yeah, that's another thing to keep in mind when you're populating your dungeon. If Holy there's a big shit. boss here, there's a badass motherfucker here, like, that's another thing to just take into account. I think it's, it's going to affect everything. It's also going to affect, like, what lives there because, like, a red dragon might, might let kobolds or dragonborn or... Uh, drakes or maybe some other creatures similar to live there but it might not be so accommodating to undead or anything else that Ah. it doesn't want around okay so the big boss has a big say in what lives there and so that's another thing to consider 
and dictates its environment. That's pretty mm-hmm. cool. Yeah, oh, man, I didn't I didn't know that about the layers. That's yeah. pretty. And sweet. also, not all creatures that make their homes in dungeons are evil. There are good dragons, and they have layer effects as well. And those effects usually are beneficial to things that are benign. Yeah, they they might just not want to be around, exposed to the outside world, hidden away. Yeah, it's oh, a that dra- it's a dragon. That and good dragons, just like evil dragons, like to hoard treasure. So I mean, they got to have a place to put it. Yep, yep. But yep. um, but yeah, I don't know. Like I I think we've covered a lot here. Uh, yeah. What do, What do you think, Brian? Um, I'm excited to build more dungeons because I'm I'm inspired. Yeah. Um, <laughs> well, I'm, I, I'm excited to explore them. I have not built a large dungeon yet like okay. a very large one so right. i really want to get into like making mm-hmm. um maybe like a lair or maybe just something with a big boss in it um mm-hmm. i like that um i always like that not every dungeon is beatable by the party maybe you go in there and there's something that is in your way that maybe you're not yep. leveled enough for yet you gotta right. leave come, you back, come back though yeah yeah, yeah so that's true. like oh, could... not... there's this gatekeeper i like gatekeepers because they keep you can determine with a gatekeeper, what level people are coming into your dungeon at. If you can't pass the gatekeeper, you can't get in. Now, that's an interesting way to to do it and view it. I like it. I, I would have a lot of fun with it. It's almost a very meta way of looking at it, though, because you're thinking about yes. levels and yes. you're thinking about, like, it, it's very video game-esque, and that's okay. Like, that's fine. Um, I have no problem being in that game and playing that. That sounds like fun. Um, not for everybody. Yeah, not but- every dungeon. Like, with, with the world I'm trying to populate right now, I like... I like a lots of variety of dungeons and I, yeah. I do have a dungeon right now where like two dudes live there. That's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> That's like, really cool. They, and there's <laughs> this like, is our home. Yeah. There's some <laughs> cool shit in there that like these dudes put there just because they like it. Oh, okay. And, like, That's cool. It doesn't really serve any like, purpose. Kind of like, can, can you do that? Like maybe they like to swim. Maybe they're great swimmers. So one of the hazards in the dungeon might be you have to swim across upstream, like a little bit a river. So you, they're, they're skilled at it. They know they can do it. Maybe not. Maybe the party can't do it. Right. Though. Might be impassable for some of your for some of your guys. But hey, you're with a bunch of people and you can think outside the box and be creative. So there there's other go. ways to get by. Absolutely. Yeah. Just stuff like that. But I really yeah, I do want to build a big dungeon. That's going to yeah. be fun. Um, another resource uh, when it comes to dungeon building, we didn't bring up and well, we did bring it up, but not in this regard is the Dungeon Master's Guide itself yes. does have a randomized dungeon building tool in the back. Oh, that's cool! Yeah, use with caution. There yet. Use with caution because it's a it's a disaster. Really? It will. I would say if you're going to use it, only use it if you're building a dungeon that was specifically built by like a mad wizard who, oh, who like who just who was insane because. This dungeon will make no sense. It will be bizarre. It'll be like oh, it'll because it's the nature of it is that it's, it's random. randomized. It's a randomized dungeon maker, and I've tried to make one, and it was a mess. <laughs> you can just I, I, I roll feel with like... that flavor for the story. Like exactly. this mad wizard is doing shit randomly. Exactly. That's that's how I would use that thing. Uh, I feel like there there it can be used, but use it with caution because it's crazy. You could probably spin it like um, like the elements have carved this. So like whatever storms are going on help like create this room. Like maybe some a flood sure. ca- came and like made yeah. it kind of um, because like it's not, not going to have a rhyme or reason to it. Yeah, like, yeah, absolutely. I, I think that's a, actually a great spin on it. Okay. But yeah, I think that's it, folks. Um, yeah. Oh, okay. That's it. That's the yeah. episode. Bye. <laughs> Hey, 
Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it, or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Bartha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz. And how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts.